Good day and welcome to the podcast To Be More. I'm TJ Smith, your host, and To Be More is exactly what we want. We want to be better than the problems that define us, and we see it all over the news sometimes, and we know that there are a lot of people out there that are doing a lot of work in the community to make the situation so much better than what we see every single day. Today's no different. We have a few guests joining us today that are doing all kinds of good work in West Baltimore. It's For My Kids organization, and the CEO of that organization, Jarrell Wilson, is one of those joining us, and he brought along two of his co-workers who helped keep that train running, Terrell Carpenter and Tanisha Parker. So thank you very much, Mr. Wilson, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. You know, we go back, and people have to understand that this isn't new for you, this isn't new for what you're doing for the people. You've been behind the scenes for a number of years. And we, one, you were friends with my cousin uh, for many years. And two, you were friends with a gentleman that uh, I graduated high school with, uh, Keon Carpenter, and you used to run his organization. And I remember when he passed away um, a number of years ago now, you talked about wanting to make sure you kept his good work going. And you've been doing your own thing, but you've really branched out and pushed forward. And at the corner of, uh, what is it, North and Longwood? North and Pulaski. North and Pulaski. North and Pulaski. For my kids, talk to me about what For My Kids is and what you're doing. Well, um, For My Kids, obviously, is a nonprofit organization. It was established in 2008 um, in the communities of West Baltimore, East Baltimore, Baltimore County, Woodlawn, Randallstown, and a lot of different things we were doing back then we're not doing now. But it also started with a SAT prep um, mentoring, one-on-one mentoring, helping individuals get jobs, and also making sure their families were secure with uh, housing needs. So that, that was originally our plan with me and Keon originated years ago, but as for my kids grew, a lot of things have changed. Mm-hmm. Our housing component, um, the individuals that we've got working, the folks that we have had in therapy, the um, amount of kids we've served throughout the pandemic, and prior to that with the mentoring aspects of um, the enrichment program, the after-school program, um, we have to really, really highlight our walk-in services. Like, we have an open-door policy where individuals just come in and can receive entitlements, um, regular human resources, day-to-day operations. And them things consist of a lot of different programs. And you said your partner, Keon. Keon Carpenter, um, a graduate of Woodlawn High School, he ended up going to the NFL plan for Buffalo Bills and the Atlanta Falcons uh, tragically passed away um, at a very young age, unfortunately. But he had the Carpenter House, and I think uh, an event worth highlighting. Mondam and Mall, um, remember the event well. Uh, center Court, a black tie gala for the Carpenter House at the time, um, doing things like this. Yeah. And now and I know you have another event, a black tie event coming up to continue this type of work. I often refer when I'm talking about for my kids, I often refer to it as an A to Z type 
resource center where people can come in. Um, you, when I've toured the place, you, you've shown me all the different things and resources people can come in. And you mentioned off the street. So a mom can come in and say, I'm having trouble getting pampers. And you can help provide that. Yes. Actually, we just put together um, a system in place for um, a specific amount of individuals, like gift baskets. So we're actually working on that right now. And what we do is call, we do follow-ups, we do checkups, and we see which family needs particulars. Some need toiletries, some need pampers, some need in individual things. So we put together gift baskets, and then we reach out to all our partners, our community resources, along with our team, and we facilitate them needs. Yeah. So, so what what are some of the biggest needs that you're seeing in the community? Um, there are a lot of people who want to help, and it seems like it's all over the place. I mean, from let's just speak on it, the squeegee situation that's happening out there. We hear um, government officials say that these young people have all of these needs. They have these great needs. You're one of many organizations that seem to be addressing some of the needs that are claimed to be. Yes. What are some of the needs you're seeing out there? Um, so we have a, a, a stigma where we say we want to work, but when we apply that, you know, that same mindset to getting a job, it doesn't follow through all the way. So, you know, um, the follow through, the accountability, you know, we don't have that. and that, That's a missing need in our youth, which they don't have no accountability to nobody. Um, that's a big need. Uh, another need is having more resources for the youth because of the age barrier. So when they're 16, 15, it's hard for them to get certain jobs. They haven't had any experience. They don't have certain certifications. They don't, they're not qualified. So if we can provide, you know, certain stipend opportunities for these individuals to work and, you know, pay them, but obviously hold them accountable when they don't honor that criteria of the job description. Because a lot of kids might get the job and say, well, I want to go back to doing a squeegee thing. So we need to have something in place, as we talked before, if they don't adhere to the rules, they need to be held accountable, just not ending up back on the street doing squeegee because it's easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, and but looking at the greater community, because you, you've been, you mentioned basically all of Baltimore, even yes. Baltimore County. You've been around, and, you know, um, Michelle Suezo of the Food Project, um, you were down there for yes. a while um, working with the tough youth. Environment, yeah. Tough environment. One of the poorest areas in the state of Maryland. Um, and, you know, one of the things I often say is, we need to put a bullseye on an area like that and put all our resources into an area like that and work to pull it out of the poverty that it's in. Right. Have you seen the support? And it's not to criticize people um, and government and all. It's so, uh, have we seen the support that's necessary to pull these communities that have had these longstanding issues out of the situation that they're in? No. Um, we just haven't. Uh, you got some individuals that do support in a certain way. And you got some individuals that support from afar. But collectively, we haven't got together to make that effort. And I think once the city sees the collective efforts amongst the powerhouses, people will move a little different. 
And when you got individuals moving as a, you know, I or a person mm-hmm. and not a we and a team, we won't really ever reach that goal. You know, we got to team up, man. I need you. You need somebody else. You know, and, and that's just how it works. Uh, it's hard because our city is, is, is really at a deficit and it's so many different barriers that we're fighting. One person can't fix it. So it only makes sense to collectively get all the great minds together. You got 675,000 people, I thought, in Baltimore City. So how one person going to help 675,000 people, let alone 70,000 addicts that still need mental health services? Not that's getting services, Mm -hmm. that's currently needing, that's not getting served. That's a big number, man. Yeah. And I'm glad you minds, man. And I'm glad you mentioned um when you talked about addicts and you mentioned mental health because again, I think that uh we have to continue to transition the mindset that being addicted to drugs is a mental illness and not just this criminal mindset that I think people um like to put it at. Uh, uh Tanisha, Miss Parker, what, talk talk to me about how you got involved and why this is important for you to be part of For My Kids. Um, When I first uh, heard about the vision for For My Kids and, you know, just interacting with Mr. Wilson on a daily basis um, with him partnering, and he's just been a stand-up guy. Um, Everything spoke without him having to speak. Um, and as he moved forward, you know, when people do things without you having to ask um, or they choose to be, they choose to kind of move in a situation um, unintentionally, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and it's always been pure and genuine. So, um, and I, I've always been an individual that like to help. That's been my thing all of my life. Uh, so it kind of fit and things that I want to do in my future, you know, it was to prepare me for that. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And I'm, I know that you're a native of Baltimore because I just heard you say do, um, but, uh, <laughs> and, and you got your be more like us hat on. So, um, you know, you see this, you see the neighborhood that you work in yes. and do you see the appreciation from the, the people that you serve? And do you see a gap of what more you need? Like if you had a magic wand of what you could give some of these folks that come in sometimes and you might not have it. Um, If I had a magic wand, um, it would definitely be a wand of unification. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the touch base is on what Mr. Wilson said. Not one person can do it, even though we're one team. We need a collective of teams. It's not just one team that can handle it. Um, the capacity of people and the consistency that needs to happen with those people. Um, so I definitely would be uh, unification. So it would definitely be a perspective shift. Yeah. Well, that, sure. that, you know, that's, that's big to hear it uh, put in that way because oftentimes um, it's financial. Um, it's, a, it's a tangible thing. But the unity um, and a government word, um, probably more military word, force multiply. And that's using your existing resources to 
expand upon something you already have, make it look like it's greater than what it is, really. Um, and and we, you know, as I've talked to a bunch of different people on the podcast, and I hear all the great work that people are doing, it's a lot that's being done in silos. And if people knew that they existed on the other side, it would be amazing how much we could get done, right? Absolutely. Right. right. And that's why that one would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Carpenter, no relation to Keon Carpenter, just ironic. <laughs> Never know. You know, um, you know, that's just the way the world works, <laughs> right? That's what Mr. Yeah. Wilson asked me all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just ironic, man. Um, uh, Terrell Carpenter, how did how did you get involved, and in, you know, what is, what does this mean to you to be involved with for my kids? Well, um, I got involved. I seen Mr. Wilson on someone podcast on Facebook. Mm. And I took his name and information down, and then I called him the next morning. And he uh, set me up with an interview with one of the aftercare uh, directors, and he told me, see, if I liked it, then if I liked it, he was going to bring me aboard. One of the reasons why I wanted to get involved, uh, I went through a lot of things with myself, with mental health, and my mother dying at an early age. She died when I was 12. I've been shot. Stabbed, uh, had mental issues with like trying to kill myself, different things like that. So when I overcame those issues, I had a genuine spot to help other people mm-hmm. overcome those issues. Another thing too with the teenagers, well, basically the youth, I felt as though my my testimony could relate to them. And what I wanted to tell them was, well, what I tell the youth is that, you know, if your mother not around. Regardless of what you see in your community, you still can overcome that and accomplish your goals. And that's what I really stress to them. I have a motto that I live by, faith is power. The reason why I say faith is power because it's one of the most important tools that we use at each and every day. If you have faith, you can do anything you want to do. You know, if you, if you got a dollar in your pocket, faith won't tell you you can get more money. If you're homeless or, you know, if you're living just in poverty, faith can tell you that. You can make it out of poverty, but you have to have faith in not to really go on a spiritual level, but it starts with God, too, though. That plays a big part, too, you know, connecting with a higher power and, you know, praying a lot and just knowing that you're going to go through different tests and challenges mm-hmm. before you get to somewhere. And that's another thing that the people, especially the youth, need to know that everything is a process. You know, you're not just going to get from A to Z without going through something. People right. just wanted to have it now. And we need to stress this and explain to our youth. And as people pray that everything takes a process. You have to go through the process. Yeah. It, it, it's just going to take a process. Like, I just can't say no more. Yeah, that instant gratification is tough to, to convey tough. to young people right. that are used to it or used to trying to get to it that way. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, well, a lot of times when I talk to the youth, and I try to get them scenarios for us, but I just try to break it down in a positive nature, mm-hmm. you know, because they're in the streets, they're doing different things. You know, I tell them, like, well, if you're selling drugs, you know, you can't just get from here. Mm-hmm. There's a process. So why don't you apply that same energy with something positive? Because that's what I used to do. But now that I know better, I apply the same energy with something positive. Another thing is that it's just... You know, you don't want to wait till you go through something and then you want to turn your life around because sometimes you might wait too late. Right. Thank God I was able to get another chance. So 
I took advantage of that. Another thing, I'm 39. So I looked at life from a perspective of it's my time for my age generation to put in the work. Because Mr. Wilson, you know, like, he older than me. So I basically look up to him. So he doing the work. But it's going to be a time when he going to be 60 or 70. You know what I mean? Like, he ain't going to be the door. So my age group need to understand, like, it's our time to guide the youth. So, you know. And I realized that, so yeah. that's that's one of the reasons why. I mean, that's one of the main reasons why I decided to get into youth. And, and also, I was trying to, not to throw anybody on the bus, but I was reaching out to a lot of people. I was writing Brandon Scott letters, Safe Streets. Like, I wrote tons of people letters like, you know, I'm trying to get involved. I don't want to get paid. I just want to volunteer. You know, right. no one responded. Yeah. And I called him, and he responded. Mm-hmm. The next day, like, <laughs> like Miss Park was saying, like he, he's bought his word. Yeah, and I, I and and to be honest with you, whether it's uh, government or whomever, it'd be a friend. Sometimes when you really need something, about to do something, you find out when you look to your left and your right who's actually there. Right. So that that's not that even limited it. to this. Right. This this is how it is. So, right. um, you know, how how tough is it? And the environment that you guys are in, you're in a tough neighborhood. And there's some young people that are going to be here one day and gone the next. How tough is it to go back every day? What makes it rewarding, but how tough is it to go back every day? So what makes it rewarding first is um, the gratification you see on the families when they get housed, when they um, get food. when a kid leaves out there and this particular kid that couldn't read is learning how to read, um, that's what makes me go back. How tough it is, it's tough every day because every day, I'm pretty sure they can tell you a situation that happens every day. They can give you two examples, and ours going to be totally different that we all go through. Mm-hmm. And every day is something different with somebody's family, somebody's life, somebody needs, somebody I don't have. And, you know, I always tell them, it's not about what we got going on when we come in here. We got a lot going on in our life. But when we come in here, we got to represent because this is what we're doing for the community. And they don't understand what we got going on. All they know is, can you help me? So it's tough because we got a lot going on in our life, but we still got to be professional. We got to be calm. We got to be poised. We got to understand people. And people come at you all day with so many different issues. It wears and tears on you mentally. Right. Even if you can't help it. It's just a mere fact of what I know this lady's going through. And I have to follow up. I want to get to um, uh, the two of you as well with that same question. But I know people are stepping in right now and they want to know what do you do to take care of yourself? Because it's hard dealing with other people's problems and when you have your own to deal with. Well, um, I'm a big advocate for therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe we as men, we tend to like have a pride issue, um, a culture thing. I don't want to talk to nobody. I ain't sharing no secrets. Mm-hmm. And a lot of secrets that we share with is not the people that's going to really help you. So for me, I seek the positive and professional help, along with the people that's been in my corner and gave me the right advice all my life. You always got to go back to your roots when there's nothing else and everything else fails. And I'm meaning, like, it's certain people we always going to listen to, a grandma, a great aunt, 
somebody that's always valued the best decision to have helped raise you or guide you. Mm-hmm. So between my therapist and my team, mm-hmm. I value my team opinion on everything. So I, I ask them, and they give me that extra, okay, it's going to be okay. This is how we handle it. Jarrell, do this. So they give me insight in other coping mechanisms. Right. Tanisha, like, I'm sure that there's some young people that you get attached to that then either stray or worse. How do you, how do you deal with that? How do you get motivated to come back when those moments take place? Um, because they come back. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is not for everybody in that moment. And with doing a job like this, you have to understand that you can't help Everybody, regardless, and if you want to. So as long as you do the work, they know you're there. So you kind of give them the same choice that life gives you, which is to come back. It's never too late to come back. And Terrell, you said you've been through it. You you know you've been been shot. You said you've been stabbed, and you see some of these young people that maybe have walked that path that you've walked. Do you try to? get through to them using those stories, but then you see them still going down that path. Yeah, I mean, well, like uh, Ms. Parker just said, you can't help everybody, but mm. we try to help who we can help. Another thing that I try to uh, tell people, like, well, that helps me want to come back is just just the pure passion and just I feel as like I feel as though, well, I don't only feel as though I know as though I'm walking in my purpose. Mm. That's first and foremost. Another thing, the working environment at our center is is fabulous. Best working environment I've ever been in. So fuzz with the youth that go astray, it's genuine. I'm not just doing it because I'm getting paid for it or I, I genuinely want to do it. So regardless who walks astray, I still got to keep preaching my message and talking to the ones that's that's going to listen. Right. You know, you can't save everybody, but, you know, somebody's going to listen. And another model that I live by is uh, let, let your positive thoughts outweigh your negative thoughts. And that's what I tell them for the situations that they're in. Because we all had negative thoughts. Even I still have negative thoughts. But every time I get a negative thought, I throw two to three positive thoughts back at it. Mm. You know, and that just helps. Would just change my perspective on life per every day that I wake up. Plus, also praying a lot. Yeah, now, I, I think that's important. Uh, what you all said because uh, some people who might want to volunteer, who maybe have never seen some of these environments, have, will have a hard time compartmentalizing some of this. They want to save everyone, right. and until you realize you can't, <laughs> then because you're going to be disappointed. And you know, I've walked that past a, a lot of times. And and but but what you said of continuing to preach because somebody that wants to hear and it's really about planting the seeds because even the one who didn't come back still got the message they just aren't ready to receive it as you said um, you know and eventually they will come back um, where, where do you guys get funding from like how do you keep and stay afloat because I've seen the environment and it's it's busy it's somebody running past with papers and different rooms and. And, like, I call it an A to Z. I kind of just made that up. I don't even think you told me that. But it's just, yeah. it, it, I can't really 
you know, put it in a category. It's like you're telling me, all right, if this person needs housing, we got this. If this person needs counseling, then then I come over. It's a camp going on for the summer. So how do you get funding <laughs> for uh, this? So, um, so what we did was we created a system. And that system, because of uh, our um, our numbers, we have a lot of individuals that's coming and walking. And what we do is we outsource our mental health therapy mm-hmm. to different programs. And what they do is they give us a compensation fee for our people that signs up to their program. Okay. But in the back end, all the people that signs up to their program, we work with them through For My Kids with all the resources we provide. So one hand wash the other, both wash the face. Mm-hmm. So these people, that which I don't have accreditation, I don't have the PRP services. I don't have the ability to build their party with a therapist. But I have the ability to have the following of people that need the help. So I have the people that need the help. They have the services of what they can render a fee for, mm-hmm. which is not a big fee. I right. have to get a significant amount of people signed up to get funding. I'm currently behind mm-hmm. in a little deficit as we grow week to week. But um, like I said, faith is power, man. Yeah. But um, still, but still, but but grown. but still, you're gonna have people who know because you've been a. a, a fixture in the community for a while now who are going to come and walk in because they might need the pampers. They might need a meal. They might need school supplies. Things like that aren't necessarily going to be through the behavioral health services. So how, how do, how do you, some things are through our partners Mm. like yourself, like um, Walmart, Mm. um, Sarah's house. We have different organizations, um, BCTT, uh, just different organizations that I've partnered over the years. Mm-hmm. Downtown Locker Room, um, Tremaine, he's been a really big supporter every year. He gives a certain amount of school supplies. Excellent. Every year. Um, so I have different organizations that has been in my corner and supportive when different, you know, events happen. And I'll reach out via social media. It's a big part of um, the business because a lot of people see what we're doing. So once we get established and reach out and say, hey, this is what we need, this is what's going on, we usually get support. And, you know, it's, it's never um, 100% support, but some is better than none. Right. So we just keep moving forward with that. And the team, mm-hmm. they put up their own finances for things. Like, not much, but they will pitch in to make sure a family or individual. So now we, what, what I was saying earlier, we created a system where – these 20 families that have gift baskets for boom, 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 certain times, certain days. And the reason why they'll do that, because I'll reach out to the sponsors, and they'll be sponsoring them monthly mm. with the baskets. Because what I thought was, as we help individuals with certain things, money management, jobs, they still be needing stuff along the way. Right. So when they need stuff along the way, they're still struggling, and they revert back. Well, I had to spend money for this. I couldn't. So we try to just give them all them things in between till they get their first check, their second check, and then still guide them. Right, right. And that's, and that, and that's the biggest you know, thing. And, you know, I had a conversation with a, um, uh addiction specialist, uh, so to speak, and, and that was part of what we talked about where there's that gap, that trigger, where people are trying to get on their feet and you can't just let them go can't. without – Providing the support, the wraparound. Can't. Because if you do, then that's a trigger. If you just let them go, where they will revert back. And, 
you know, um, and you know, that's what I was getting at. I know you're a five hundred one c three, and you know the donations help, of course. And and the gala. Talk to me about the gala that's coming up and what that aims to support. Oh, man. The September gala. We're excited. Mm-hmm. You know, shouts out to the city, man, mm-hmm. and um, all the supporters. The gala is something. Obviously, you know, me and Keon have been doing these events for some time together. Mm-hmm. But you know, he's passed, and he's you know. This transition for my kids has established itself as a household brand. So the gala is letting the city know all our programs, what we've been doing, how we've been doing it, and how effective we are and what we need on the back end to continue to sustain. Mm-hmm. So the purpose is to bring the city together. And um, it's only 125 of influential people, um, in my opinion and my partner's opinion, that can help us move forward. So they were invited. Uh, we want to kind of like just make sure people are aware of what's going on in our city, um, who's doing what, how we're doing it, and see if we can get more resources, jobs, um, housing information, um, volunteers, uh, camp information, you know, programs that help people be successful. Yeah. And, and, and we, we, I think the theme, and Tanisha brought it up about the unity um, being able to reach out because you, you'll be surprised. You're getting these rooms full of people, and there's going to be somebody that says, I didn't know you did such and such. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that opens up the door right. to something else, another opportunity. Yeah. And having that opportunity to, to do more for some people who need it. Um, now, back in the day, you had big plans um, for you know, Randallstown, Woodlawn, East Baltimore, West Baltimore. Right now, you, your main focus is the West Baltimore site, or well, are you bigger than the West Baltimore site? Well, we're, um, we're clearly bigger. Um, mm-hmm. That's just what we established. That's mm-hmm. the hub. But um, we have a short-term and a long-term goal. In the two- to five-year plan, we want to have them type of sites in each part of the city. Right. Southeast, Northwest, and in the county. Mm-hmm. But providing the services um, 24-7. Mm-hmm. Know, because on the weekends people be like, it's a big homeless thing going on in our city. Um, not just people that you might see homeless or under the bridge or you know downtown. It's a lot of women and a lot of families that sleeping in cars. A lot of women and a lot of families that's um, staying in abandoned houses. So I want to kind of address that issue also as we grow with some type of um, old hotel. Rehab, respite program, 30 to 45-day program, getting these people back on their feet, women, families, after they transition to that, now they get their job, money management, financial literacy. Now we employ and house them because it's like I identified so many old hotels just boarded up, and the homeless thing is really crazy. That's something I wanted to add on. On top of each part of the city having this hub that provide the same service we provide on North and Pulaski. Mm-hmm. So we would have something on North and Pulaski, Monument and Milton, um, Wilkins and, you know, right. Ramsey. Uh, um, hey, Northern Parkway and um, right. Lock Raven. Right. You know what I'm saying? Liberty and Rolling Road. Mm-hmm. You know, Security Boulevard. Right. FMK for my kids and these services and they will run as you see in the center but a much more professional cleaner structured environment 
you know. It, it, because it's needed, and that's that's kind of the way I see it. And I see so I see your wish list um, mm. of having uh, some vacant dwelling, uh, like a hotel or office building, um, rehabbed into a facility that can house some people potentially, or, or, or be used to expand. What's your wish list, Terrell? We have unity here. We have uh, a, a building here. And these aren't unrealistic. I mean, no. these are, it's people with a lot of capital that can actually bring these things to fruition. These are things I've thought of before that, you know, with the right management can actually have a major impact on people. Well, what's on your wish list if you, you could think of something? Well, it could be intangible. It could be tangible. On my wish list is um well I can't really say a wish list. I'm well I'm I'm not gonna say a wish list. I'm I'm gonna say this is gonna happen because I'm gonna okay. try Speaking I'm gonna strive my hardest to make this happen. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to take as many notes and uh guidance from Mr. Jarrell Wilson. Then I wanna uh branch off and do my own uh, profit, uh, faith is power. I have a hashtag that I always say is believe that. The reason why I say believe that because just because I'm saying faith is power, I'm telling you to believe it. Mm-hmm. Like you have to believe it. Like a lot of things that we just say, we don't believe these mm-hmm. things. So that's why we can't make them happen. We're just talking it. Like, you know, we actually not believing in ourselves and making these things happen. So. I haven't even been at for my kids for a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I started in October, I haven't even been a year. Like, mm-hmm. so I feel as though, well, I don't even feel as though I know that I'm making progress because I'm right here talking to you right now on this podcast and promoting for my kids and also building my platform up to do the things that I have plans on doing in the future. Mm-hmm. Another thing is, like, is the proof is in the pudding. I'm meeting so many people. I'm Connecting with different people that Mr. Wilson has introduced me to. Um, I'm growing mentally, learning new things, how to conduct in a, with the public. Because, you know, I'm a little rough around the edges. So, you know, this is new for me. You know, I had a lot of growing. I'm still growing each and every day. And um, like I said, the, the, the main thing is that I just have a passion to help people. And I want to help people because... People don't have no hope, especially in Baltimore. Like people have really lost hope. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have they they have lost hope. So with me telling my story, everything that I've been through, now that I'm in this position and I'm doing this. This is basically an example to tell you, like it's attainable, right? And I'm not living in a mansion or nothing. No way, you know what I mean? Like it's not nothing that's reach reachable. Like I'm I'm right here in your face. Don't think because I'm coming in here that I don't see everything that you see. I see the abandoned houses. I see the murders. You know, I see the drugs. I ride past where I got shot at every day, leaving front of the center. But again, we got to walk by faith and not by sight. And we have to believe that. Mm-hmm. And the reason with walking by faith and not by sight is we can't focus on what we see. Because if we focus on what we see, it will consume us and swallow us whole and bring us down. And then, you know, that's why walking by faith, like, so far as me walking by faith is everything that I just said I want to do. And everything that I'm doing, I have to be focused on that, and I can't be focused on what I see when I come outside. It's like I'm here, but I'm not here. My mind and spirit is somewhere else. Yeah. And and as cliche as it may sound, if you can believe it, you can achieve it, and that's absolutely true. And I know, 
Jarrell, I, I mean, as sad as it is, I remember, um, you know, during Keon's memorials and all, and you were passionate about not letting what he was involved in die along with him. You were passionate about that. And in a lot of ways offended because you said, I know a lot of these people are going to disappear. You knew a lot of people were going to disappear. And he believed it. And, you know, we talked over the years and I've seen the passion. Um, I remember when, you know, as he was getting things going down on North and Pulaski, you know, you got to come and check it out. You got to come and check it out. And I can't be more proud of the work that he's uh, continued to do, um, whether it's been there, the food project or with the Carpenter House and everything that was going on there. Um, where it belongs, right there in the streets among the people who need it most. And I hope that all of your wish lists or whatever um, are, I mean, because they all, everything that you all mention are things that actually can be accomplished. These aren't like pie-in-the-sky things. These are real. Right. And it can be accomplished. Well, yeah. So it's happening. Yeah. It's happening. <laughs> it's, 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 it's happening. Yeah. Like if you really sit back and look at it, like it's happening right before our eyes. Like yeah. it's happening. So for my kids, the website is for my kids, K I D Z Baltimore.org. The phone number is 443-449-5619. For my kids at for my kids with a Z, K I D Z on uh, Facebook and Instagram. You got to go like them. And, uh, you know, you help someone. The Resource Center and Programs and Services, Housing Program, Emergency Services, Entitlement Assistance, Mentoring Services, Workforce Development, Mental Health Services, GD Support. Um, Over 1,000 families served annually with food. Over 500 youth served annually with mentoring. Over 200 individuals served annually with workforce development. And this is arguably one small organization doing this level of work because of a dynamic team, of course. So y'all are all appreciated. So thank you all for joining me here today. Thank you. And um, again, I'm TJ Smith. This is To Be More Podcast. It takes all of us to be more. Thank you all for joining us. This podcast can be found where podcasts are located. Again, this is For My Kids Baltimore. For My Kids, K-I-D-Z, Baltimore.org. They can be reached at 443-449-5619. We'll be back with another episode very soon. Thank you very much for joining us.